let's get right into it, everyone. Uh, Alex Skyvich back again, 55th episode of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Um, was last night surprising? I mean, depending if you're watching this or listening to this on a Saturday, was Thursday night surprising? I don't think so. I'm going to tell you why in a couple of minutes. But uh, let's start off with topic number one. Marcus Golden, he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals back to his original team, the team that drafted him in the second round out of Missouri uh, for a six-round pick. Honestly, uh, with the reports that I saw coming out uh, this morning, they were saying, oh, possibly, you know, finding a trade partner for him. And um, to be honest, I wasn't that surprised. I wasn't. Ways I was, ways I wasn't. Because Golden had, I would say, he's got some production on the season. He had one and a half sacks. And I wasn't surprised because, you know, he was getting less and less snaps every game. Um, O'Shane Ziminis and Lorenzo Carter, when they come back in the future, I mean, Carter's done for the year. We know that. But when O'Shane Ziminis comes back, you know, why are we not giving him the snaps? It just, you know, wouldn't make any sense. Cam Brown, he's playing more. Uh, Carter Coughlin, I don't think he actually got snaps. Yesterday on the defensive side, Trent Harris, the uh, former Patriot Dolphin, he got snaps. So, uh, really interesting, but again, my opinion, not surprising. TJ Brunson, he got some snaps on special teams. Obviously not ready for the defensive part yet uh, because this was actually his first NFL game, and uh, knowing with all the inactives and the Darnay Holmes injury, uh, you know, he had room to be active. So, um, let's discuss the stats that Marcus Golden put up in the last two years with the Giants. Uh, he started 16 games last year, or at least this says it. Um, I believe some of the games he didn't start, but then again, you know, uh, I could be wrong. For uh, the pass rushing stats, he was sent on 93 blitzes. Obviously, James Betcher was big on that. Uh, 16 hurries, four to 14 quarterback knockdowns, 10 and a half sacks, 44 pressures, 72 tackles. And then you look to 2020, where he got less snaps and less playing time. Uh, it bounced between two games. Like, I was looking up earlier, all the snaps he played. Like, some surprised me and some didn't. But anyway, he had one and a half sacks. He was sent on 18 blitzes. Uh or at least blitzed 18 times, four hurries, two quarterback knockdowns, 10 tackles, eight pressures. So um, it was it was pretty dealing, I would say. And everybody was pretty much saying this before they even resigned him or thoughts of. And I said, look, you know, he's not going to be a fit for this defense possibly because, you know, he's only a James Betcher guy. We'll see what he does in Arizona again. But, uh, you know, he's only a James Betcher guy. He's a system guy. And I don't expect him to do what he did for the Giants last year and put it into uh, this year's defense because it's different. And, you know, obviously, I'm not going to say, oh, um, you know, he's got to get how many sacks and how many games. Listen, he put up production. He got one and a half sacks. You know, uh, this pass rush is better than last year because, you know, um, Marcus Golden, he was the leader for last year's pass rush, but you don't have a significant leader now. But we are like one of the best in pressure percentage sacks. I mean, pass rush win rate, probably 32nd because obviously we don't have one dominant rusher. But, you know, just the differences between the two schemes. 
Uh, let's see what Vance Joseph, I think he's the defensive coordinator in Arizona. Let's see what he cooks up for him. But uh, I just found out today, and I was looking up Marcus Golden, you know, just like to look at his stats. And, you know, I was looking at, you know, his bio and everything, who his parents were. Honestly, I forgot that his dad followed me on my Big Blue in the Bronx account. Because I'm like, wait a minute. That's why he's had the Marcus Golden profile picture, because he's his dad. Honestly, like if you're listening to this right now, Marcus, uh, his name is Marcus Eberhard, I think. Uh, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly, but thank you for the follow anyway. Uh, he's followed me for months. He was probably, uh, probably part of my first 100, 200 followers. So props to him. So if we look at the snaps from yesterday's game, he only played 33%, which was 27 of the snaps. And Kyler Fackrell, he played 90% with 73 snaps actually is that right yes that is um because i looked on giants wire for this dan duggan did not have the uh defensive snaps he actually put the offensive snaps twice which didn't really help me in my research but i looked on giants wire and they're like take a look here they're like kind of combined so it's like you know smidgen but anyway um you look at Fackrell, he played 73 snaps 90%. He actually played more than Leonard Williams, but then again, you know, it's the rotational line thing. Bradbury and Ryan played 100%. Um, obviously, Julian Love with Jubal Peppers, you know, on and off in injuries in that game. He played, uh, according to PFF, he did really impressive, but I would have to look at the tape. But uh, uh, I'll bring up my points about the defense. Ryan Lewis, he played 91% of the snaps, but let's go through the whole defense. Why don't we? Um, I'm also going to do the defense. I'm not really going to do the offense because, you know, um, because, like, the defense is, like, more an emphasis towards my point. Uh, James Radbury, 100% of the snaps, 81. Same with Logan Ryan. 99% uh, of the snaps, 80. Blake Martinez, only uh, one snap he wasn't in. Two snaps, Peppers wasn't in, which was actually the injury part, but they still had sometimes the three-safety look with Julian Love. Uh, 93% Julian Love, as I just mentioned, or just mentioned him a little bit, 75 snaps. Uh, Ryan Lewis, just mentioned him. Kyler Frackle, mentioned him. Leonard Williams, 75% of the snaps, 61%. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, 60% of the snaps, 49 snaps. Dexter Lawrence, 59%. He had a sack on the night, uh, 48 snaps. Devontae Downs, I, I don't like the guy. I'm going to get to that later. 56%, 45 snaps. Uh, Marcus Golden, as I mentioned, 33%, 27 snaps. B.J. Hill, 31% of the snaps. He had a sack almost. He almost had a sack. He technically did, and Ryan Lewis had an illegal contact penalty, which was really fucking annoying. Um, I'll get to that, though, obviously. Madre Harper, 30% of the snaps, 24 uh, snaps total. Obviously, defensively, Gory Ballantine, I'll mention his name later. Uh, 17 snaps, 21%. Nate Ebner, 15%, 12 snaps. Same thing with Cam Brown. Austin Johnson only played 12% of the snaps. Uh, to me, that's a little surprising. Uh, 10 snaps. Then David Mayo and Trent Harris played the same number of snaps, 11%, which was 9 snaps. So, uh, And then you're going to take a look here. Before I bring up my next couple of points in the positives and the negatives, take a look. So I'm going to go down from week 1, week 2, week 3, and then the rest of them to kind of point out the uh, the snap numbers and the snap percentages going from each game. So week one against Pittsburgh, he had 34% of the snaps played with 22. Then it lowered to 23% against the Bears. He had 15 snaps. 
Then it increased just a pinch. 30% of the snaps against the 49ers, 23 snaps. Then it lowered again, and I'm surprised. He only played 7 snaps, 12%. Um, probably because Kyler Fackrell, he was pretty much a good impact in that game. Uh, it seems like every two games with him, but also, you know, Kyler Fackrell did do some good stuff against Dallas and Washington. Uh, you look at the Dallas game. Now, obviously, this was impacted because um, Cam Brown wasn't playing defensive snaps yet. I'm talking about week five, of course. Um, O'Shane Zeminis, he was out. And Lorenzo Carter tore his ACL, ruptured it uh, at the beginning of the game. So who are they going to give the snaps to? Played 86% of the snaps, which is highest all season. 57 snaps total. Uh, 33% the rest of the way for week six and week seven. But he had three more snaps than he did last week. So he had uh, 24 snaps uh, against the football team. And then 27 this week, as I mentioned. So obviously, uh, before I move on, it was pretty evident that something was going to happen. You know, this was only a one-year thing. And to be honest, you know, there's some Giants fans out there that will never be happy. And they're complaining about value. Meanwhile, what are you going to get from Marcus Golden? He's 29 years old. He's not exactly in a prime. And he's not exactly your Pro Bowl pass rusher. Uh, you know, he gets off on a lot of missed blocks and everything. Also to note that... Um, He's more of a system guy, so you can't necessarily put him in any defense and expect him to go off because that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my point there. Obviously, Giants drafted four linebackers. Obviously, I know TJ Brunson's um, on the inside, same with Tate Crowder, but also Carter Coughlin, who's a pass rusher, Cam Brown, who's an off-the-ball linebacker. So you got to give time to them. Uh, Devontae Downs, I'm not giving time to him, in my opinion. You know, he's pretty much sucked this whole year. And, you know, it's really annoying. Because they did this a little bit with Ty Davis last year, but I think they learned a little bit sooner. But um, at the same time, you know, obviously with the Tate Crowder injury as well, um, they're giving him way too many snaps in my opinion. I just never bought into it. Like I, you know, when they cut Connolly, I said, look, look at this guy's potential compared to, you know, Devontae Downs, who's just a preseason player, who's just like a practice squad player, a special teamer. And then they started giving him increased snaps, missed tackles, everything. You know, this guy isn't good. And they keep forcing him in there, which doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I get it. You want to use your linebackers a certain way. But, you know, David Mayo should have played more snaps. He played more snaps last week than he did this week, which is really surprising to me. But um, the Giants gave up, you know, stats-wise, they gave up 96 yards on the ground, but it looked like much more. You know, it's every time against Philly, in Philly, that we give up a lot of rushing yards. And if you want to count it, this is the fourth time in a row that we've blown a lead in Philly. Fourth time in a row. And, you know, I didn't go on Giants Twitter last night. If you follow my Twitter account, I woke up this morning because I had to go to school. I said, uh, did not look at my Twitter this morning. Shut it off after the game. I didn't want to hear Giants Twitter. Because, you know, and I'll get into that stuff later. But I just did not feel like, you know. And then, with all due respect, I had the All New York Sports uh, professional chat blowing up. Oh, it's this guy's fault. It's that guy's fault. Uh, this is the most disgusting loss that we've had in like three years. So, so I said, you know what? This phone's getting turned off. I'm putting it to the side. I'm going to bed. And I did something last night that I was pretty angry about, but at the same time, 
I was still warm in bed. So what I did was, is I took off my Giants comforter. I have a Giants pillow. I put it as the second pillow. And I pretty much put aside the Giants blanket. Now, I'm not taking off my comforter because, like, you know, I'm just not going to freeze my, freeze my ass off. Um, but, you know, I pretty much protested that. I threw uh, a tissue box. Uh, the reason why I didn't throw, like, I didn't bash anything is because, you know, my grandparents live downstairs. And I'm not the person to, you know, be banging shit at 12 a.m. And they're going to be like, you know, uh, what are you doing up there? But anyway, um, you know, this is the fourth time in a row that we've blown a lead in Philly. And I literally said it last night uh, to two people I was talking to. My brother and Sean, who will be on for the Monday Night Broadcast on Sportscaster. Uh, I'm probably going to schedule it either next week or, you know, sometime soon. And I said, look, do not be surprised if the Giants blow this in Philly. You know, when it got out to 21-10... Um, Sean's like, oh, guys, can you please win? You know, I want to brag to the Eagles fans because he's a Steeler fan that lives in PA, and he's surrounded by a lot of trash-talking Eagle fans. You know, um, you know, it's their Super Bowl. It really is because the Eagle fans, you know, they can only beat the Giants. And I'm not getting salty. I'm just saying it out how it is. You know, if you want to debate me on that, fine, do what you want. But uh, going back to my original point, I said, look, it's 21-10, to 10, but... You know, we had a bigger lead two years ago. We had a sizable lead a year ago that was 14 points. Because it actually trimmed down. It was a 16-point lead in 2018. It's a 14-point lead in 2019. Now we're at an 11-point lead. And we still blew it. So what's next? I don't know. you got to do the math. But, you know, that just doesn't trend correctly. Because it's 2, then minus 3. So next year it's gonna be minus four. So let's do the math real quick. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a touchdown lead. It's gonna be a touchdown lead, just like it was in 2017. But you know, if you want to call that not a blown lead because they only led by a touchdown, you can. You know, you do what you want. Um, but let's go into the positives and the negatives real quick before I reveal my thoughts on a couple of things. And I'm gonna do it here. Positive Sterling Shepard. Look, he had six catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. Uh, if you were watching the game last night. You did not see him hurt at all. You know, uh, everybody's saying, oh, he's going to be the fifth receiver. He's going to be the fourth receiver. He's not going to be targeted. Evan Ingram, you know, he's going to be targeted more. Nonsense. He looked like he was fully healthy. You know, I was proud of the way he was playing last night. And despite the loss, I'm like, look, Sterling Shepard, you know, you could say trade him or whatnot. Listen, uh, I'm not going to, you know, totally kiss his ass and say, oh, Sterling Shepard is the best wide receiver on the Giants because that's simply not true, um, you know, with all his injuries. But he showed up last night. Golden Tate, one reception uh, for a touchdown. I don't know how else he was targeted throughout the game. We'll get to Evan Ingram in a minute. Uh, Darius Slayton, you know, everybody's saying, oh, primetime Slayton, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Meanwhile, he had, like, two receptions or something. I got to look it up. But, uh, yeah, Sterling Shepard had a good game. Um, I know people are going to, you know, rant on me for this. But Daniel Jones, other than the turnovers, had a good game. A passing touchdown to Golden Tate that was just right in there. You know, uh, Cravon LeBlanc, he was playing good defense. And Tate just, like, he had to, like, hug it so hard. And he walked into the end zone. That looks similar um, to the touchdown against the Patriots a year ago. Except, you know, it wasn't deflected and then it bounced in his hands. But whatever. Uh, and also, obviously, a couple of nice passes during the game. I'm going to get to some in a minute. 
Now, for all the Wayne Gallman guys who, you know, at least the Wayne Gallman guys who don't like Wayne Gallman, you know, he showed some pretty good stuff last night. Um, Devonta Freeman, I didn't even know till like the fourth quarter or late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, Devonta Freeman's with, out with an ankle injury. So I said, really? I didn't know this. So Wayne Gallman, he had a couple of nice runs. Um, he only had like 34 rushing yards total I have to look back at the stats but again you know you saw those bursting runs that he gets to the second layer of that defense that's why I don't like getting rid of him you know will he be gone next year I don't know but there is something to like about this guy is your number one running back no he's your ordinary second down third down back so I don't really have a problem with him I never really have to be honest with you Jabril Peppers Dexter Lawrence and Marcus Golden they got sacks uh Jabril Peppers got the first sack I think Golden got the second sack and I think Dexter Lawrence got the third if it's not in order, I'm sorry, but, you know, those are the sacks. Um, pretty much a coverage sack for Golden. You know, everybody, uh, especially the one guy I don't like on Twitter, he was basically, oh, last year it was all the coverage sacks for Marcus Golden, and, you know, uh, some of the times he went on block. Well, let's just say James Betcher, all right? He stayed as a defensive coordinator this year. If the coverage was better, how many sacks will Golden get? Think of that. More sacks for Golden, the defense gets better. But, obviously, Patrick Graham has put together a better defense uh, than Patrick Graham could in two years. Obviously, the talent was bereft, but, um, you know, that's that. But, obviously, three sacks. I wasn't necessarily happy with, you know, um, obviously, they got pressure a couple of times, but I don't know. I just feel like with a makeshift offensive line that Lane Johnson was coming in and out of the game, and with Jason Kelsey being the only maintainable starter in there when you have a rugby left tackle... You know, I just felt like they should have done more. But at the same time, you know, there's other points to blame. Bradbury had a nice interception after Daniel Jones threw that pick to Evan Ingram, or it was intended for Evan Ingram, uh, threw it to uh, Jalen Mills. You know, the Giants defense came back, James Bradbury. Um, nice two-hand catch uh, and two feet in bounds. I'm like, did he get the feet in? They're like, uh, meaning my friends, uh, of course he got the feet in. So, uh, nice interception there. He had... And I, you know, you could trash my football knowledge, my game knowledge, don't care, unless, you know, you want to have a debate with me on something or you want to inform me about something. I just don't know why they were playing so off, you know, in the first quarter. Like, there was one, uh, Deshaun Jackson reception that was on James Bradbury, and, you know, he was playing so off the ball, he was playing like 9, 10 yards off, and Deshaun Jackson got like a 10-yard gain, and it was a first down. So, to be honest, like, I'm not saying you have to tighten up the receivers all the time. It's just like, I don't know why you would start the game like that. Then again, you know, I'm not a defensive coordinator for a reason. So, uh, let's go to the negatives. Jones turnover at the end of the game. Um, there are multiple pointers to why we lost. And I'm not saying this is number one. And I'm not going to defend Daniel Jones either. You know, he has to hold on to the football. You know, just careless mistake after careless mistake. Uh, no two hands on the ball. He's just being leisure with it, which is a problem. He should have sensed the pressure from the right side. I think it was Fleming who gave it the pressure, or maybe Levine Toilolo, or blocking tight end. And he just went like this, and he stripped the ball. I'm like, great, what a great fucking time to do that. I literally screamed at the TV. You could ask two other people about that. I did scream at the TV. So, you know, the turnover at the end of the game, you know, the interception you could debate on. Oh, uh, Ingram should have caught it. Or, oh, Daniel Jones threw it too quick. But that turnover, that's on Jones. But 
if you look at the outside factors of it, if you want to defend Jones or maybe you want to stay on a different uh, different point, um, you could say if Jones took the sack, the clock would have been winding down. They would have had to rush to the line. Or, you know, he didn't have enough time to throw it away. So, obviously something needs to be fixed there and Jones needs to really put two hands on the football. Let's, you know, let's do that. Uh, the defense, yeah, they got stops. 359 yards to Carson Wentz, though. I'm pretty sure he's probably not had that many yards in a couple of games. You know, I get it. The defense, you know, pretty much bailed out uh, the Giants in the first half, especially with their offense. You know, um, they only scored, what, seven points? And, you know, the turnover didn't do well. James Bradbury bailed out Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram on that one. But, uh... The defense pretty much just collapsed in the second half and the offense rose. So it was like, you know, uh, this was the defense, okay? This was the offense in the first half. It switched. So, you know, again, we need to play four quarters. You know, four quarters of defense, four quarters offense. Can't be two. You can't split time like that. You know, that's not how you win football games. Uh, Deion Lewis fumble, that one pretty much pissed me off. I mean, I'm not going to say impacted the game a lot. But, you know, it could have got us at least, you know, momentum going down the field. But obviously the fumble uh, picked up by, I think it was Duke Riley. And then Jake Elliott misses a fucking, you know, 31 or 29-yard field goal. I'm thinking to myself, why isn't this a meme? Um, Ryan Lewis is not the cornerback, too. How many times we got to see, you know, John Hightower, Michael Gallup beat him downfield? You know, I was pretty much, you know, defending Gettleman towards the you know, first two games of the season, I was like, look, you know, you all were blaming Dave Gettleman, but y'all expected Giants to win this football game. Now, looking back on it, the Bears, that was the specific game I was talking about. And look at the Bears now. They're, what, 5-1? and one? So they're a good football team. And, you know, we made it competitive. So at the time, I was like, you know, blaming Dave Gettleman doesn't seem like the right answer here. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think it was mainly because, like, the Coy Ballantine, the... Uh, Isaac Yadon just didn't make a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, I blame him for not getting a second cornerback. Now, you could say, oh, Logan Ryan, you know, he made that signing. Yeah, great. He's, you know, an impact player. But, you know, we can't have Isaac Yadon starting out there. We can't have Ryan Lewis starting out there. We can't have Corey Bouncing out there. You know, we need depth, but it has to be good depth. And I understand, you know, it's a different thing with the O-line. But when you're giving up... You know, how many yards to receivers, and, you know, everybody says, oh, the Eagles offense is trash, you know, they don't have any weapons, Carson Wentz is all by himself, besides Travis Fulgham, well, we gave up, like, a lot of yards to John Hightower, uh, Boston Scott, and there's another receiver, I'm forgetting, Richard Rodgers, tight end, uh, Andrew Thomas played horribly, now, I have to look at the film, great breakdown, though, for, like, I think it was two or three uh, different plays by Bobby Skinner, props to him, he does a lot of good breakdowns. But, you know, just recalling my head before even watching that, uh, the one which Nathan Jerry got a sack, you know, the Giants have been pretty good at picking up stunts this year. That was just bad by Thomas. Like, he knew in his mind after the play, I should have got that. Because Hernandez had the block on the other defensive lineman. The defensive lineman that was, I think, originally lining up in front of Hernandez, he dropped out in coverage. Um, I forget, I think it was a tight end might have been Ingram, actually. You know, he tried to block him because he sent uh, the defensive lineman, I think, out into coverage, 
Riley, no, it wasn't Riley, it was Jerry. He came from out of the box to loop around Andrew Thomas, and Thomas was just belittled there. You know, that's a mistake you can't make. You know, I get it, uh, you know, if you're overpowered, if your footwork's not correct, if you don't give a good punch, but that was just a stupid play, and everybody knows it. And the other play, um, you know, him and Perk were beat on the same play. Well, they weren't beat. Like, it's just, you know, bad technique there. But Thomas, you know, he gave a bad punch to, I think it was Derek Barnett. And Barnett just, like, wallooped his way around Thomas. Again, another mistake. And then you had the one play where Daniel Jones was fighting for his life, literally. And coming out of it. And there should have been, like, three different sacks on that one play. He flips it to Gallman for, like, an eight, nine-yard gain. And, you know, apparently, you know, he's not the franchise quarterback. But I'm not going to rip people for not ripping or ripping his mistakes. But, you know, the tank for Trevor train is still on. But I have another point to bring that up after I have my points to make. So, uh, Matt Parrott also struggled a little bit. But he wasn't as bad as Andrew Thomas. Honestly, I'm still on his left tackle train. I don't know what you do if you're Joe Judge. Because, honestly, you know, you want to see Thomas improve. You want to see him get those struggles. That's an extra. He's something good. But at the same time, it's impacting your rookie quarterback. So, but at the same time, it's impacting your second year quarterback. So, you know, it's like uh, choosing between getting tortured or just getting killed right away. It may not be a good comparison, but you at least get my point there. Um, Giants allowed three sacks, as I mentioned. Uh, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, that was the forced fumble. And then Nathan Jerry, obviously, was one of the first ones. Uh, the stupid fouls and the referees. Now, you take a look at that last drive. Once you saw the Corey Ballantine hit on Deshaun Jackson, which was plain fucking stupidity by Ballantine, you knew that the drive was not going to end well. And my friend said it. He's like, you know, this is not going to end well. And I said, hopefully it does, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. So let's see. Uh, I have a list right here. You had, obviously, the personal foul. Uh, you had the BJ Hill sack. Lewis illegal contact. Then you had the Bradbury pass interference penalty, was which was complete bullshit in my opinion. You know, I don't care. You guys can say, oh, uh, many other mistakes were in the game. But the referees were horrible. And I will say that for the Eagles side too. Because you look at that one play that was the fourth down conversion. It was either Hurts or Wentz that threw to Richard Rodgers in the end zone. You could have made a case for pass interference on Logan Ryan. And I knew the Eagles fans, they would have blown up. If we had won the game and they would say, oh, the referees, you know, uh, they favored the Giants. No, they didn't because you know, now you look at this drive. Uh, the pass interference in the end zone by Logan Ryan. You had the Madre Harper personal foul when he was fighting with, uh, I think it was Greg Ward. It's just a shit that can't happen. But, you know, what really pains me is the fact that the referees, right, they called the head-to-head on Madre Harper. The one after, you know, him and Greg Ward were fighting, unsportsmanlike conduct, defense number 45. But literally, you look at a couple snaps, uh, there's more than a few snaps, Austin Mack and Nikel Roby Coleman were fighting. Nikel Roby Coleman butts him with his the crown of his helmet. And I'm like, where the fuck is the flag? He literally just headed butted him, but the referees are not going to call it. And that's shitty refereeing. Because at the same time, it just seems that our defense, you know, works well with the referees. You know, going back to the Eagle game, where we had the, uh, 
non-holding on Terrence Steele, and then the pass downfield to um, to Michael Gallup. Again, both were bad with the Lewis thing and the, the non-holding call. And then you, I don't know, you just bunch it together and you're like, wow, the defense and our referees, you know, they worked really well, you know, fucking this game over the Giants. But I'm not going to say the referees totally fucked over this game. Uh, Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. <sighs> I've been off that train for a while, and I'm not going to throw a chair or anything because it's not worth it two days, uh, probably going to be two days after. I don't know when this will release, but uh, got to trade him. And maybe the fact that you didn't do it before hurts you. Now, I'm not going to blame Gettleman. I'm not going to say, oh, uh, Gettleman, you know, he should have traded him. Nonsense. Uh, Ingram was poised for a game. He's not a system fit here. And, you know, Daniel Jones, obviously, he's going to, you know, defend Evan Ingram and, you know, rat himself out. He's going to be like, um, he said, you know, I got to place that ball better. No, you don't, because Ingram should have caught it. If Ingram would have caught it, it would have been field goal territory. It would have been keep chewing, chewing, chewing the clock, and we would have never had the personal fouls that we did. And we would have won the game. We would have won the game. You know, you could pile it up with the defense. You could pile it up with so many other things. But Evan Ingram, you know, pretty much he was casual after that drop. He's like, nah, that's this is in the first quarter. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk off the field like there was nothing. No. You drop the pass that essentially cost the Giants the game. Sorry. If you know, if the tankers out there believe Daniel Jones cost them the game, um, you know, the turnover was bad, but at the same time, he should have also maybe uh, caught that pass from Daniel Jones. Yeah, I know it was quick, but, you know, you can blame Mutual there. But, you know, all the tankers want to say, oh, Daniel Jones, uh, you know, his fault. Because Daniel Jones actually looked pretty good last night. You know, if it weren't for the defense, if it weren't for Evan Ingram, you know, if it weren't for his turnovers, we weren't on that game. And then, you know, all the tankers would have gotten pissed. Oh, this doesn't help our Trevor Lawrence train. Like, stop. Stop. Uh, depth concerns. We saw increased snaps from Ballantine, Harper, Harris, Devontae Downs, Nate Ebner, Ryan Lewis, and, uh, yeah, pretty much listed all of them. Uh, that's what I'm dealing with, or at least that's what I'm saying when I say, look, you don't sign corner two, you don't sign inside linebacker two, you don't give Mayo snaps. Look, Nate Ebner should not be out there. Devontae Downs should not be out there. I said this before in this episode. They keep forcing Devontae Downs out there, and I don't know why. Trent Harris, obviously, you know, he's just like a rotational pass rusher till like uh, O'Shane Zimenez comes back. He's probably going to be going back on the practice squad sometime soon because they elevated him as part of that, you know, two-man extra with the seven inactives. Madre Harper, you know, Giants fans seem to be impressed with him the first two weeks that he was actually in on defensive snaps. Uh, but uh, this week wasn't impressive for him. I think he gave up a touchdown. Yeah, he did. And then Greg Ward obviously fought with him afterward. That's two personal fouls. Corey Ballantine, he was getting beaten coverage. And obviously the uh, head-to-head contact with Deshaun Jackson, you know, I would say prayers up to him. I'm not going to, you know, totally derail him or anything else. Um, that's pretty much it with the depth concerns. Don't really have uh, much to say for the rest of the negatives. So let's go on to points to make. Uh, Jones needs to stop with the turnovers. Pretty much made that point already. Uh, two hands on the football. Enough with the fucking careless mistakes. You're in your second year. Your sixth overall pick. You know, I get the um, mental errors could catch up. But at the same time, sixth overall pick. You're in your second year. And you got a teaching coaching staff rather than a coaching staff that just says do, do, do. when we're not going to teach. Uh, trade Evan Ingram. I already said that. Uh, I'll get to this point because I'm actually going to, you know, flip behind it. Thomas keeps struggling. 
as I mentioned, you know, I don't know what the Giants are going to do with him. And, you know, this was expected. But he had a pass block win rate of 43%, and the average is like 87% in the NFL. And that was like just individually yesterday. So he didn't play good at all. And somehow he got a better grade um, from PFF because it was like 57 last week, and now it's 58 this week. So what's the improvement there? I don't know. I don't understand the grading system. I just don't. Um, let me get into something just to end off this podcast episode. Now, next Tuesday, I'm probably going to have Jordan on. Uh, I was supposed to have him on this podcast episode to get his reaction on everything. I'm going to get his reaction, you know, based on this game. It won't be as fueled because it's not after the game. Um, because he had a family occasion, but Tuesday's obviously, you know, sort of an editorial day as, you know, article people would put it because you don't have a game to come off of when you're talking about, uh, you know, games weekly because we played on the Thursday, the Friday is the podcast episode, so it's pretty much going to be an editorial day. I might do some Yankees on there too because I have to fill it up. And I'm probably going to make a trade deadline list also as well and discuss like who needs to go, who doesn't need to go, you know, basically evaluation. Um, I didn't do a takeaway part yesterday. I was considering it. I'm talking, obviously, I do recaps, uh, mini recaps, takeaways after the game. But I said, you know what? I'm coming out with the podcast episode uh, the next day, so I might as well just save it. And that's pretty much why I did that. So let's get into some tanking talk again. And I know a lot of you are tired of hearing my perspective on this. And, uh, well, I'm going to explain it in a different sense. So I tweeted on Twitter. I said, look, hot take. Not really hot take. You look at this roster, okay? Um, Tanking for a quarterback does not help you. You look at this football team, right? I don't care, you know, you say, oh, they're bad. Uh, They don't know how to win yet. They don't. They are this close to winning football games. They could be 6-1 right now. They're not. They don't know how to win football games. It's a mental error. (coughs) It's a mistake. It's this, it's that, and the other thing. They need to clean that up. Otherwise, they could be 6-1. And, And, you know, with no offseason, I would say this team with expectations could be better, could be worse. Because you look at the division and how close the divisional games were. We've had three already. All of them were close. One win came out of that. That's against a football team. And winning doesn't start unless you beat your rivals. Because, you know, everybody can talk about, oh, after the bye week, you know, uh, we could be on this, you know, huge run. Yeah, look at the teams we face. Uh, We face the Cardinals. We face the Seahawks. We face the Browns. We also face the Ravens. So that's not going to be a good thing. So that's going to be tough. Uh, The Bengals are probably the easiest, along with the Cowboys, in that span. And I think we could beat the Bengals, to be honest. You know, if we come out of that bye week, hit the ground running, you know, I think we'd do good. But I said, look, if you want this team to tank, that's backwards progression. Because this team is an inch away, literally an inch away from winning football games. You could sort of compare it to 2018, but you have a better roster. And this team can actually win football games if they're up to it. You know, 2018 is debatable. But that's backwards progression. Why? You want to tank? Your team's going to start losing even more. They're not going to know how to win football games even more. You know, you think it's a close game. Then when you want to tank, it starts getting less closer and less closer and less closer. And you want to talk about tanking? And, you know, tank for a quarterback? Okay, I have enough points to bring that up. 
um, you have to get rid of some talent on the roster for picks. And, you know, with the talent you have right now, as I said, how many times they're this close to winning? But with rookie quarterback struggles, and don't tell me Trevor Lawrence won't have struggles in the NFL. Don't tell me that. Please, especially in his first year. I don't care if he's a first overall pick. I don't care if he's a third overall pick. Don't tell me he won't have struggles. Because let's just say the Giants maybe in some fantasy land, and I could be wrong, they select the quarterback next year, right? And a new GM comes in. He struggles, costs turnovers, interceptions, whatever, and you have a good defense and you have a solid offense with solid receivers. Maybe in a fantasy land. That quarterback is going to be holding you from wins and you'll think wow we were so close to winning last year with Daniel Jones but now a rookie quarterback is making it even harder to win games which brings me to my next point and my final point do not be surprised if the next general manager does not draft a quarterback because that's just the way it might be he could look at this roster or she, who knows? And they could be like, "Let me evaluate this. Let me let me get some scouts in here, because you know the front office needs to be replaced as well. You know, it's just Gettleman. It's you know uh, the scouting department, the player personnel. That's you know what I'm talking about there. He could be watching film, doing whatever, getting you know some scouts and getting some people. And he could be like, "Wait a second, it's not on Daniel Jones. Giants need a cornerback too. Giants need an edge rusher." Giants need another linebacker. Giants need an offensive lineman. Giants might need a center. Giants might need a wide receiver and a tight end too. So we have a lot of needs before quarterback. I see that happening, to be honest. You don't have a quarterback too. You have fucking Ryan Lewis. Other than Darius Slayton, you don't have a one, number one wide receiver. Okay. Uh, Sterling Shepard, yeah, he's great. But he's not on the field enough, to be honest. I'm sorry. You know, a lot of Giants fans love him, and I do as well. It's not on the field enough. Uh, you need to draft the number one wide receiver next year, and I keep saying it. Everyone calls me, you know, you're small-minded on this. Jordan did, as I mentioned, you know, last podcast episode. I don't think it's small-minded. I don't. Because, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with drafting a cornerback, a linebacker, maybe an offensive line, depend on uh, Parrott's development, depending on Thomas' development. Everybody's talking about this whole thing. Oh, I'll move uh, the tackles to guard. You know, that's always good. Well, it doesn't work out for everybody. It really doesn't. But depending on Thomas's development and Paris' development, I'll say maybe take an offensive lineman, maybe take Panay well. But you have to look at, you know, what the end of this year is. What do we look like? Do we look like a team that's ready to win? Do we need, like, two extra pieces in the draft? And you have to note that some of this stuff can be fixed in free agency. Um... Let's see, maybe a wide receiver in free agency. To be honest with you, everybody's saying Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, this guy, that guy, the other guy. To be honest, I'm not too keen on that. I'm sorry. You know, Allen Robinson, he's a good receiver. He's no Jarvis Landry. He's no, like, star. You know, he's a good wide receiver. I just don't see why we need to sign, I think he's like 26, 27, 28, and 29. I just don't think that... You know, for Daniel Jones beneficial, we don't need to sign a free agent wide receiver. We need to draft one. You know, Jamar Chase, that's who I'm looking at. And maybe some other guy, uh, there's a guy out of USC. It's obviously not Pittman because he was drafted this year. But it's some other guy. I don't remember his name. But uh, either that guy from USC or Jamar Chase is wide receiver. Because again, 
you know, we keep pointing out whether you like Daniel Jones or not, he's not getting any help. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard, he's great. Again, not always on the field. Darius Slayton, he can't show up to every game. And that's not a knock against him, but he's just truly not a number one wide receiver. Golden Tate, he's pretty much fucking disappeared. He's probably going to get traded or maybe cut in the offseason, depending on what the GM wants to do, whether it's Gettleman or it's going to be a new GM. So, you know, there are pointers and... You know, the tanking Giant fans need to realize something. That's something being they may not select a quarterback next year because the GM might evaluate and say, hey, there's too many empty holes around that Dave Gettleman left open. And the Giants fans complain about that. And if you draft a quarterback, you know, Trevor Lawrence is not um, a quarterback like Carson Wentz where he can make, you know, some receivers into big-time receivers all the time. I mean, he does it for certain games. But Trevor Lawrence, as a rookie, will not do that. I promise you that. Maybe he will, and I'll say, okay, I'm wrong about this. But my point is, is that you're going to have a rookie quarterback with struggles if you want to go to the QB route. Um, depending on where you go on cornerback, because remember, uh, cap space might be limited next year because we still got the solar contract. We may release Tate. I don't know what the cap situation will be like, but they said around $18 million right now, but it could go up, it could go down, depending on the way Dave Gettleman and the new GM uh, next year, presumably, spends the money. But you may not have a quarterback, too. You may not have a cornerback, too. You need an inside linebacker next to Martinez, because to be honest with you, David Mayo's not going to cut it. Devontae Downs is trash. <coughs> you need to see, you know... If you need another offensive lineman, you might need another tight end because, you know, Levine Toilolo, boy, he signed a two-year contract. He's number three tight end. Caden Smith, could he be your number one? And you have one missing hole. You know, Evan Ingram, I don't think he's going to be here next year. If he is, I'm going to be really upset, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not going to throw a TV, but I'm going to be like, dude, this guy was not a playmaker last year. And then you look at wide receiver for the 90th time, Slane's not a number one. You know, everybody was trying to crush everybody's dreams in the offseason. Like, sorry guys, but Darius Slane's not number one. And it shows. It does show. And that's why the Giants wide receiver core was ranked 22nd, 21st actually, by Pro Football Focus. And I said this when they were ranked that because a lot of Giants fans are like, oh, PFF, you know, against the Giants. Like, listen, I don't like PFF. I don't like what they do with the biased uh, Giant stuff. And they also came out yesterday and said, oh, Daniel Jones is better than Carson Wentz. I'm like, that's not true. That's not true in the slightest, to be honest with you. I mean, he had a better QBR, I believe. But, you know, I still think Wentz is a better quarterback. But, going back to my point, you know, um, you look, how many years that the Giants wide receiver core was supposed to be hyped up and either Odell Beckham led in receptions, you know, uh, Giants wide receiver core gets hurt, you have to be replaced by a bunch of practice squad players. You know, that's why it's one of the pointers. And, you know, people need to start commenting, criticizing on that. I'm not trying to spread rumors or anything, and I hope not to, but I'm going to try to see if I can pull Vincent Raffasardi on Tuesday or next Friday. Because I really want to get his, like, diagnosis on this Giants team. And, you know, a lot of people hate him because of his analytic use. But, you know, I can't get into contact with Justin Panic because, you know, he's busy doing his talking Giants stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff. So I said, you know what? Uh, leave that in the offseason. I respect what you're doing. You go have fun and do that. So I respect that. But, you know, I'm going to maybe ask Vincent and see if he wants to come on. Uh, 
I know more about football than I did how many months ago. So, um, especially the fact that we're in season, we can, you know, sit down, analyze, you know, and actually talk about maybe whether the Giants draft a wide receiver next year. But my point is, again, you know, whether or not you draft a rookie quarterback, there's going to be holes wherever. And that's for any team. But right now, wide receiver, cornerback, inside linebacker, and a pass rusher. If the Giants want to go pass rusher, they go Gregory Rizzo. If the Giants want to go pass rusher, they go Gregory Rizzo, the guy out of Miami. You want to go linebacker? You want to go Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Want to go wide receiver? Jamar Chase out of Penn State. Jamar Chase out of LSU. Uh, if you want an offensive lineman, but I see well. I don't know any top cornerbacks, though. I think there's maybe one from Alabama. I'm not too sure. Do not quote me on that. So, uh, But those are my points to make. Those are my tanking points to make. That's my recap. That's my Marcus Golden you know, analysis. Thank you guys for listening or watching this podcast episode. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Podcasts available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Overcast, CastBox. Uh, follow our Twitter and Instagram pages, most notably Twitter. You know, it's where I post a lot of, you know, my thoughts, my tweets, whatever. Uh, over 730 followers. Thank you, guys. Also, to note, uh, YouTube channel, podcast always goes up on there. If you don't have any, like, you know, podcast apps. Also, Sportscaster. That's where I'm going to be doing my stream next Monday, or at least I hope to. You know, I'll provide updates with that. And uh, thank you guys so much. And see you on Tuesday.